It's bonus pod one nine four. You enter the nuclear fusion plant. Wow, the first ever working nuclear fusion plant in the UK. It's so exciting. This is the future. I mean, there's still a lot of kinks to work out. It's still early days, but you know, this is the start of a new age of clean renewable energy. Um you've been invited because you are a reporter for a science magazine called Bleep Bloop. <laughs> Bleep Bloop Monthly. And you've turned up and you're greeted by people in white lab coats and they say, Welcome to the future. Welcome to nuclear fusion. And everyone gives it like a little Oh blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and you enter the site and there's all this humming hum all the lights going blinkity blonk, blinkity blonk, blinkity blonk. Um and the the scientists go, Anyone here from Bleep Bloop? And you go, Yeah, I am. And then they point at the the bleep blooping lights and they go, Well, you'll enjoy this then. And everyone goes, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> And you go, ha, 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 ha. And you walk through the site, bleep bleep, this steam hissing, and they say, first we'll take you to the control room. Um and this it's it's like this bridge. Uh, like in a ship and there's a big window and looks out onto the reactors and this and they say as you can see here um are all the buttons and switches that we use to control the power plant and you think oh that's quite basic language to use maybe they must be dumbing it down uh, for 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 the reporters um and here this this line here the scientist goes points at the display on the panel this line here shows how much electricity there is and it's like a line going and you think shows how much electricity there is that's very vague and then you go sorry what electricity where and the scientist you can see the scientist starting to get a bit nervous and he goes you know how much electricity there is from from the nucle from the nuclear <laughs> and you go from the, you mean is that is that how much electricity is being produced now is that sort of the kilowatt hour output of the station before you finish the guy goes yeah 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 that's what i mean yeah the, the kilowatt hour our our kilowatts uh, production pr- production from the fusion and you go <laughs> right okay <laughs> and and then the scientist is looking at you sort of expectantly. And so then you sort of write something down on your notepad to sort of like calm to sort of and uh, to reassure him. And once he sees you writing something down, he, he becomes visibly more relaxed. And he goes, oh, OK. Um, and another scientist comes in and she goes, um, uh, th- th- what's most exciting about this nuclear fusion power plant is um, our, our cooling mechanisms. We use um, a, a form of liquid uh, nitrogen uh, technology that uh, super co- the cools the conductors so that they become superconductors um, with no losses. And at this point, you go, all right, now this is what we're talking about. Superconductors. Yes, yes, yes. Superconductors are a requirement for a nuclear fusion. Otherwise, there'd be too many losses in the RIS. And she goes, and what makes them superconductors is they're just so great. 
they're just so they're so cool and big <laughs> they're superconductors because of how big they are like super big as in and you think i don't think that's why they're called superconductors i think they're called superconductors because they conduct electricity without any losses and you say that it, wait isn't are they called superconductors because they make they don't have any losses and and she goes uh yeah, she looks at the other scientist and she goes oh yeah 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 that's what, that's what i mean and, and they sort of hurry everyone along and say, oh, well, let, let's go have a look, shall we? Let's go have a look at the, the, the core. And you go, all right. And they take you down the steps and into the into the the bit where all the control rods are and all the reactors are actually happening. And they're, they're underground and they're humming away. And you go, oh, wow, this is cool. This is neat. <laughs> and... And and the guy goes, the guy scientist goes, this is where uh the magic happens and everyone goes <laughs> yeah um it's really magical i mean we we still don't really understand how it works um so it is real magic and you go what i think we do understand how it works the whole point is that you know all the research and study has gone into this we know exactly how it works and <laughs> it goes i mean look at this i don't get how this works at all and he pulls up out of the ground a control <laughs> rod and everyone goes ah <laughs> like that <laughs> And it's glowing, and and everyone's screaming, "Put it back! What are you doing?" What? And the guy's like, his face is glowing green. His is so close to the control rod. He's like, "What do you mean? It's just look. Do anyone want to touch it?" And he sort of <laughs> holds it out at all the reporters. And he goes, "Oh my god!" Everyone's running, trying to get away from the radiation. <laughs> and and you go, "Oh my god! What's going on?" This guy. And the guy's looking at the scientist. The two scientists are looking at everyone like, well, what's the big deal? And the reporters are banging on the doors trying to get out of the nuclear reactor, trying to get out of the plant. They're so scared of getting radi- radiated. And they get out of the people screaming, oh, my God. Oh, what's going-? And then you hear a big voice go, enough, <laughs> like that. And you turn around and there's a man walking down the stairs on the other end of the hall. Donk, donk, donk. And it's Pierre, dunk, 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 and he's he's dressed in this big. He's like he's got this costume that's just like a big ball, dunk, 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 dunk. And then you realize, oh, that ball thing is like the nucleus of an atom. Dunk, 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 and Pierre goes, "Calm down, it's all perfectly safe. <laughs> Nuclear fusion is the safest power there is." And then. I run out of a separate door and I've got a smaller ball around my middle <laughs> and I start running around Pierre and you realize, oh, Phil's like, oh, he, right. Oh, Pierre's a nucleus and Phil's an electron. And I'm we're running around Pierre <laughs> and, and Pierre goes, look at me and Phil. One, um, one proton, one neutron, one electron. We are the humble hydrogen atom. We are perfectly safe, as are you, in this fusion power plant. Um, and then I'm going, yes, it's clean. It's safe. It's renewable. There's absolutely nothing to fear. And Pierre goes, just to show you how safe it is. I'm still running around him. Just to show you how safe it is, Pierre's walking towards the scientists who are holding the control rod. Watch this, and Pierre grabs the control rod and opens up his mouth and and swallows it like a sword swallower. And everyone goes, ah! And you can see it glowing 
through Pierre's body, through <laughs> the nucleus uh, costume he's got on, wong, 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 and Pierre pulls it <laughs> out of his mouth. And I'm like, see, he's absolutely fucked. And before I finish my sentence, <laughs> Pierre explodes. Like <laughs> <laughs> that. And we're like, ah! There's like flesh everywhere. There's beard hair all over the place. It's fall- floating down like <laughs> snow in a snow globe. All Pierre's beard hair. <laughs> 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 Everyone's screaming. The scientists are screaming. Ah! I'm not screaming. I'm just confused because I still need to run around Pierre, but I'm not sure which bit to run around because it's everywhere. <laughs> so I'm sort of now sort of running around the whole room. I'm now running around, running around, running around. And, um, and, <laughs> and I go, don't worry, everybody. Uh, what's great about nu- nuclear power is that it's renewable, just like Pierre himself. And at that point, out of the ground emerges a cylinder that opens up. All the steam falls out and and out walks a fresh, new, naked Pierre. (laughs) (laughs) And Pierre goes, welcome to the new renewables. Welcome to the age of fusion. (laughs) And then I I run. (laughs) I run at Pierre. And I run so hard. I sort of go into his body. <laughs> and Pierre. And like I get completely subsumed into Pierre's flesh. And he stays the same, but you can see he like gains a bit of mass. He gets like just a little bit bigger. <laughs> now that I've run into him. And he pats his belly and goes, Ah, all right. Follow me for lunch. <laughs> Welcome to Bojo <Bonus> Spot. Oh, well done. That's your longest one yet. Is that long? Yeah, that was quite long, eh? That's funny, yeah, though. Yeah, because there was a lot going on. Well, what because sort of the main characters were the scientists for a bit, mm. um, you know, they had to have their story of being yeah. nervous and unsure what was going on. And then only we turned up. Um, so then I need to come up with our, our story. I I really liked um, I liked the scientists who kind of just riffing how nuclear things worked. I thought it was very funny. I mean, because that was me trying to remember <laughs> on the fly how any of this worked. And yeah. only only in a moment did I remember what superconductors were and um, that they are necessary for nuclear fusion. Um, um, I also liked the uh, the fact that I had, I in the story, I had burst. Yeah. And you were still so keen on maintaining your job as a dressed up electron that you were just still <laughs> just running around the room. <laughs> You weren't you weren't stopping to be horrified, like no breaks taken. Just like, well, I guess I'll just run around all the squelchy remains of the <laughs> squelchy remains. Um, great singer, great singer, um, really a wet, more wet voice. Squelchy remains, <laughs> yeah, like a Louis Armstrong with more phlegm. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Would have hated squelchy remains. No, yeah. I, I, I would pick at the concerts. <laughs> um yeah yeah i um <laughs> I, w- I was glad to bring it because uh, when i killed you off i was like uh, i don't end up with a with uh, a dead pierre but then realized ah you can make an anal- analogy here with renewables yeah and, and pierre coming back yeah and I, and I got to come back all glowy and nude like dr manhattan which we referenced in the main pod that's right that's right always nice always nice um, to be dr have manhattan you ever- I actually visited a nuclear power plant when I was like seventeen. Oh yeah, um, 
went to Sellafield. Sellafield nuclear power plant. I don't remember all of it. I remember the huge cooling towers, which are like, you know, that, that's the icon of a nuclear power plant. It's the enormous cooling towers. Um, and I was very excited about it. I also mentioned it in my, my uh, university, my Cambridge interview. Oh, no. I think, and my, my personal statement, because I, I said I wanted to study engineering because I went to visit a <coughs> nuclear power plant. Oh, no, I went to visit CERN as well. Wow, I visited a lot of nuclear places, actually. Maybe this is why I love yeah. nuclear so much. Oh, oh, CERN isn't a nuclear, nuclear no. place, but it's, you know, it's a, 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 atomic research, whatever. Um, and on my, my application, I said, the physics was interesting, but it was the engineering aspects that I found <laughs> truly fascinating. Yeah, classic <laughs> statement stuff. It's That's how you do stuff. it, kids. That's how you do it. A bit of the old one too. You lead them down one alley with the physics, and then you huah, you take them down another engineering yeah. alley. That's how you get them. And the you say, and, and you say, no, look, I'm interested in this re- related field, but it's the main field I like the most. That's right. That's right. Very nice. Yes. Um, Any spice your end this week, Phil? Christmas spice, e.g., uh, cinnamon, I suppose. <laughs> Oh, do I have any Christmas spice, mistletoe, and nice? Do you have any? Do you have any mulled opinions? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. I um, I mean, what I've just seen is that Elon Musk has maybe has just played himself. Have you seen this? He's mm-hmm. put on. He's put one of his very silly Twitter polls on Twitter. He's. This is how he's been making his big decisions at twitter recently is that he's just asking all his followers what he sh- yes or no questions and then he's like done whatever wins the the vote which is an insane way to run a company to just ask the dipshits who follow you what they think but he, yesterday he put on a vote saying should i step down from twitter i will abide by the results yes or no and yes has won so by has his it just finished own... yeah 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 it's just up now it's finished God, and uh, yes has won, which is obviously very embarrassing for him because what essentially what he's done is he's asked everyone, "Do you like me?" and everyone's gone, "No." <laughs> everyone's gone, "Not really." He's such a dweeb. I mean, we've said this on the pod before. He's just one of those people who goes to show no amount of money will ever stop you being a fucking dweeb. <laughs> It's it's uh, friend friend of the pod and and colleague and and good comedian Alex Keeley did a great uh, joke, I think in his friend show this year about how um, you you want to be like Elon Musk's mistake is being the richest man and you want to be like Jeff Bezos who's the second richest because then you still have someone to envy. Right. Um, and he says that the trouble the trouble is uh, and he did like a whole hierarchy of envy and and then it was like and then you've got the richest man in the world Elon Musk and he envies any mid-ranking open mic comedian. <laughs> That's true, yeah. And it's such That's a true. good point and I always just think like yeah you you can be the richest man in history and you still just like you're not funny. It's that's why you're I think comedy is so good and pure because you just can't even you if can't you hire think, writers. You can't buy it. This yeah. is why I say like when we sit down at dinner at like you know an event with all these rich you know rich people if you do a corporate or something and these guys I mean not everyone obviously but there's always a couple of guys who are trying to be funny with you and you they can't and you realize all you ever want is to be funny and you can't have it you can't yeah. have it because you've put you all your to, you, 
you've put all your effort into being, you know, a, 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 a risk management consultant uh, law firm uh, uh, CEO or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you just can't have it. But some and part of you yearns for laughs. Yeah. It's, have you seen the clip of Elon Musk coming on stage as a surprise guest at the Dave Chappelle show in San Francisco? I haven't seen the clips because they sounded depressing. But here, okay, that's my mild opinion. Very is that, I think embarrassing. Dave Chappelle's lost his mind. Yeah, I mean, I think that may, might be quite uncontroversial at this point. I think, but it, like, I was hoping that the arc wasn't going that way because it's not like it's a surprise at this point because it's sort of increasingly. I think this is what happens when all you do is smoke weed and have people agree with you. Yeah. Yes, I mean. It's 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 the danger of being surrounded by yes men, and I think it's why Americans and Brits who move to America are at much higher risk of going mad than if they stay in the UK. Because, like in the UK, you will just friends, you know, even even the more uh, what what would I say? Even the more sort of yes men of friends kind of make yeah. fun of you. Yeah, when in America that doesn't exist, and so you just end up in this positive feedback loop which as we all know results in an unstable system and this is what this is what has happened in engineering terms to someone like Dave Chappelle or uh, uh, Ricky Gervais moves over you end up in a positive feedback loop and you become unstable yeah I, I think that's it and I mean uh, yeah I always I always describe it as um, um if you're raised on a thin gruel of British approval then you'd get transferred to the <laughs> Big fat cheesecake of American approval. Mm. You just lose your mind. You just uh, gorge yourself. But what's interesting is obviously you know in both Dave Chappelle and and Elon Musk, you know they're both sort of flex- they're using each other to flex. Dave Chappelle is going, look how famous and influential I am. I can get the world's most rich man to do a guest spot on my show, and then Elon Musk is going, look how. Cool, cool and funny, and, funny and with it, yeah, I am. I'm a guest on Dave Chappelle's show, and it's but he's pathetic, Elon Musk. I mean, Dave Chappelle's still getting laughs, pointing out all the people booing, booing Elon Musk, and I mean, St- San Francisco is the dumbest, you know, where, where <laughs> Twitter is based, is you know, where Silicon Valley is based, is the dumbest city for him to do that in, obviously. Yeah, do you think the Dave Chappelle of the '90s, the one that we first met, as it were, would have would have done this? Surely not. Mm, no, I don't. I don't think so, because he was he like was, a young, cheeky, skinny Bugs Bunny figure. You know, yeah. he was making fun of the man, right? But also, someone who he, turned down millions of dollars because he didn't think it gelled with his creative vision, and and yeah, yeah. And I still, I think that to stay the same. I don't think I think he's rich enough anyway. But I don't think he does things just for the money anyway. He's it's now about sort of his pride, right? Yeah, I suppose so. I suppose so. But yeah, I mean, he's. <sighs> is this just what happens? You get if you're rich and famous into your into your fifties. There's like a there's like a coin flip chance that you just become a sort of mad emperor. <laughs> well, I think it's 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 more likely something like comedy. I think you need a certain level of egotism to decide to do comedy in the first place. To decide that people should listen to me, you know, that's quite an egotistical yeah. thing to think and you know we're both guilty of that to a lesser extent i suppose um but uh, i think some people are, are more have more of a predilection to that kind of 
madness in later life than others um this is a question for you um when you're when a hero of yours sort of goes mad in later life do you find that upsetting depressing or kind of encouraging (laughs) um i think i find it sort of a bit like um it's like it's if it's a comedian and they go mad it's like the brain version of when you see like muhammad ali in a wheelchair right yes sure because you like got like diego wow. maradona like all sort of fat and coked up slow. and fat yeah yeah because it's that thing where you sort of go oh you worked for years to have the most agile rebellious mind like to have a mind mm. that's like always funny always undercutting always like you know you know in shape like boxing like uh quick 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 and now you've just succumbed to just sitting in a big chair and going oh these days like the very people you set out to destroy you know right yes i mean john cleese is a case in point isn't he he's, he's like this yeah but he's what we have i guess he's probably the greatest example we have in the uk of that yeah and every now and then you get a flash of him saying something that you agree with but mainly it's just 95 percent bilge yeah. and yeah you just sort of it's very much a you were supposed to bring balance to the force sort of thing <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, it, it's a warning, isn't it? It's a warning that you, you hope that when you're 60, 70, 80, whatever, that you've always got a little voice in the back of your head that says, remember, please. Yeah. But do you find it encouraging when like a hero fades? Because suddenly their greatness, their previous greatness feels more achievable, feels more attainable because they I feel s- more human all of a sudden. Yeah, they're flawed. That's true, and I suppose they, in a way, they're leaving the market of greatness, so there might be a gap. You could leap that's in. It, that's it. There's a space at the top. You know, they vacate a space at the top, don't they? You could chop their head off with a big samurai sword and and hold it aloft to a cheering mob. <laughs> yeah, but then I guess the the scary thing is like, oh shit, maybe there's only a certain number of decades you have before this sort of you know before your deterioration is inevitable. I think that's definitely true. I mean, it's so rare to... I think I think it is avoided, but I think, like, of people who are already able to be famous for, say, 20 years, one in ten at most is able to sustain not going mental. Yeah. What comedy greats do you think have sort of, even into old age, maintained their greatness? I would say the two Ronnies. Two Ronnies. Um, to an extent... Bob Mortimer. Billy, Bob Mortimer, Billy Connolly. Yes. Um, um, I would say, I look, I'm biased here because I, I count him as a as a friend and colleague, but Frank Skinner? Oh, yeah, no, yeah. Frank is definitely, I mean, he's still like just such a great stand-up. Um, he said yeah, to yeah, me... He, 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 he hasn't like, he hasn't dulled at all. No, and he said to me he wants to be like one of the, he, he's described it as he wants to be one of those footballers who's like, Premier League, but then they're sort of they're sort of forty seven, but still playing in like some seventh division side, and like their knees yeah. are fucked. But every now and then you see a flash of the old magic. He said that's how he wants to spend like his very old age. Yeah, yeah, he wants to be the there's a there's a a guy on the the cap the Portuguese captain. What's his name? He's he's ancient for football, by which I mean he's thirty seven. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but he's getting there. Portugal captain. Uh, what's his name? No. Oh, God. Ronaldo's a captain, was he? No. Ronaldo's old. old player. <laughs> old player. Uh, 37. Here we go. Ah, 
Well, Ronaldo's 37. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, he's old. Oh, fuck. Okay. There might be a guy who's even older then. Um, uh, what the fuck was I saying? Who else is Yeah, in yeah. The Frank Skinner's one. I mean, and then George Carlin was sort of became great. Yes. Um, as he in got his older. age. He became greater. That's right. That's right. Um. He, but he he kept. I remember reading somewhere that like his thing was like he had the chance to just be like Mr. Cruise Ships and make a lot of money, but he like went back onto like the university circuit. Yeah, yeah. He was he was very mainstream for for most of his early career, and then he, you know, started getting arrested for swearing on TV and yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. I'm trying to think now. I'm t- I'm literally typing into Google British comedians because <laughs> they have to be old enough, don't they? Graham Norton has been consistently great, and um, he's consistently great at what he does, and he's a very <coughs> nice guy. I, I, I did, I, I was on his radio show once. He was really, really cool. That's always that's always really impressive when someone that famous and su- successful is still just like cool and nice to you when you turn up. It's it's because it's you know so it's what a decision mathematician would call a one to many relationship. You know, there's one Graham Norton and many guests of which I am. And for him to be nice to me, you know, it's it's impressive. Yes, for him to be able to do, yeah, I, I, that's true. Because it it shows a certain level of professionalism and, and class. It's class, isn't it? Yeah, it is class. Have a bit of bloody class, for goodness Some sake! Class about you, for God's sake. I'm trying to think who else is. Uh, I'm trying to think I, who's who's big and big and old. I'm, and by old, I'm saying I, I want sixty plus here. I think in the fifties, it doesn't count. French and Saunders, they're always very. They were real inspiration for me when I was. Because um, we got them in Malaysia. Friend the oh, did you? Saunders show. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. I when I when I, I was I was on I made a, I was on a pilot with Jennifer Saunders once, and I thought this is cool. I didn't say anything. I, I didn't like. I thought I, I, that, that was one moment. I was like, I feel like I should say something. I feel like I should say French and Saunders <laughs> was like part of the reason I'm there. But then it's kind of embarrassing because it's just a. It's a fundamentally, it's a, a you know, it's just another person sat next to you going. It, it made things awkward. I think there's a, there's a point where you're changing yourself from a colleague to a, a member of the public, isn't there? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's the risk. And she's. I think she's the type of person who would sort of kind of laugh it off and. You know, it make it feel uncomfortable, maybe. Um, I can't think because I mean, Ricky Gervais has lost his mind. He's about sixty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can't think of who else is from that golden age of like seventies British stand-ups, early eighties. I it guess was it was Dave be. Allen, who I need to watch more of. He seemed yes, to, he seemed to. Stay he was good. always great. Um, yeah, but I think that's right. It is rare. I mean, there's so many that have have just like, even before they reach sixty, their mind has just gone. Yeah, I mean, I already have some opinions that make people think I'm a fucking dad. So I don't. It's really just going to make. Things, <laughs> yeah. It's still only going to get worse, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, we're, maybe that's the way we're, we're on our way to already just being like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we have um, one. Do you have any? Oh yeah. One one quick quick bit of correspondence before we do the special because this is this this is a piece of correspondence that's not eligible for the special so we should get it out of the way. Okay, okay. Uh, from Louise. Louise, please tell us what you got to say. Um, 
Louise says, hello, PNP, just a quick one. I was just listening to a solo pod, which I think is one of the little emergency replacements I did. Ah, yes. Um, and bent down to stroke a cat. <laughs> so there you go. That's a nice thing to do at the same time as listening to a solo pod. Pierre opens the pod by singing, Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Make your cat go gay. No way. Yeah, and she says, I scared the cat as well as passers-by by laughing a bit too hard at the thought of doing some sort of reverse conversion therapy on a cat belonging to a homophobe. <laughs> reverse conversion therapy. I like the idea of her bending down to stroke a cat and then just going, ha, in the cat's face. <laughs> um, Koji Louise, P.S. If you're wondering, it was pod 169, which aligned pretty well with my December to listen, despite being recorded when Wang was in the woods in the summer. Ah. Filming Outsiders. Wait, but you were singing... That's when the pod was recorded? Yes, I think I just sang it to myself for a laugh. Oh, right. Out of season. Yeah, and out of season make the cats go gay. Uh-huh. Don't forget, Phil, in December the cats go gay, so set your... <laughs> <laughs> the, clocks go for, the clocks go backwards and the cats go gay. Remember, <laughs> Remember everyone, cats go gay tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry I'm late. I forgot my cat went gay last night. <laughs> oh, classic. Classic you. Uh, <laughs> I, f- I forget my cat went gay if I didn't have my head screwed on. Oh, <laughs> uh, gosh. Well, thank you for the correspondence. Um, I think we're sort of coming to the end of the bonus pod, the last bonus pod of the year. The final BP of the Y, Phil. Um, but as patrons, you have a correspondence special coming up. If you're, if you're, time. if if you're the, in the elite Patreon club, of course. Ah, of course, of course, of course. If the VIPs within the VIPs within the VIP part. Gosh. It's VIPs all the way down. It is. Um, but uh, yeah. So if you're a VIP, listen up for that. Otherwise, we will see you in the poo smear. See you in the poo smear. Merry Christmas. Merry Shitmas, everybody. Love you a lot. Bye. Bye.